0: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne the III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And uh, Florida State did it. They, they got the W. They're one game away from heading to the 37th straight bowl game. The only thing standing in the Seminoles' way. Are the number 13 Florida Gators rivalry week is here, guys, and uh, there's a lot to talk about this week. There's a lot going on. Florida State basketball is um, is gearing up for a uh, a big time tournament this week. Florida State plays Florida. Uh, Florida State women's soccer is in the Elite Eight. They play on Friday with a chance to go to the Final Four or the College Cup. Uh, Florida State's uh, you know there's a lot on the line this week across all Florida State athletics. So, but this, uh, this, this episode of the Lockdown Seminoles podcast is going to focus on Florida State's game against Boston College on Saturday, Florida State won 22-21, it was a come from behind victory, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second. For those of you that are listening to this podcast for the first time, like I said, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Ties, the Democrat, I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years, I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting, um, I attend every home football game, away football game, bowl game, doesn't matter. I'm there, any home baseball and basketball games, and any postseason baseball and basketball games. I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year, and I was out in the College World Series, out, out in Omaha for the College World Series a couple of years ago when Florida State baseball made it out there. So uh, I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major sports, as well as recruiting um, for, uh, for Florida State, but jumping right back into it, Florida State found a way. Like honestly, this is a game that Florida State probably should have should have won by more than just a point. Uh, Florida State dominated the first half, but you know because of mistakes and penalties and you know all the stuff that had really held Florida State back this year in most of their games, all of that stuff they trailed seven to six at the half. They found a way in the second half. They put that stuff behind them. They they bowed up. They, you know, the, on defense they stopped the run. You know, which is basically, you know, I, I said on Friday's podcast that Florida State wouldn't be able to win the game without stopping the run and running the football. Well, Florida State held uh, Boston College to two point six yards per carry, and Cam Akers ran for a season high hundred ten yards. Florida State ran for over a hundred and fifty yards for uh I believe that's the first time that's happened this season. So you know, Florida State ran the ball well and stopped the run and got the win. Yeah, it it really was uh it wasn't as simple as that, but um you know, th- that played a huge factor uh in Florida State's ability to win the game. I really thought Florida State, you know, essentially dominated the game for the most part. I mean, AJ Dillon averaged 3.1 yards per carry for the game. Uh, Anthony Brown had completed fifty percent of his passes. He did hit some big plays. He had a couple interceptions. Um, hit a, hit a touchdown. DeAndre Francois uh, completed under fifty percent of his passes, but threw for three hundred and twenty-two yards. Had a touchdown, two picks. Um, really, it was the picks that uh, that allowed Boston College to stick around for most of the game. Um, if you know Francois hadn't thrown those, you know they, they would have been in a, a much better position in the first half. But you know Florida State ran the ball well. I mean there, there was so much to like about the way Florida State played this game. Um defensively they played extremely well. Uh except for on, you know, third downs or not not really third downs, but third and longs. Um Boston College, you know Boston College was able to convert I believe five plays of third, you know, five third and third and longs um where they were just able to find a find a hole in the zone that Florida State was playing or, you know, beat somebody man-to-man and uh, and complete, you know, complete a pass and, and break the third and long. But other than that, Florida State's, you know, defense played extremely well, helped Boston College to under five yards of play. Um, you know, they did a good job getting off the field. You know, they forced two turnovers. They got a couple sacks for the first time in three weeks, you know. And, uh, they had a couple, uh, they had five tackles for loss. I mean, it was a, it was a good solid performance for a Florida state team that hadn't had a good solid performance in a month. I, it's, it's been a, it's been a struggle for the Seminoles to really get anything done. Um, and it was a, it was a really good win for Florida state, but you know, one, one of the things that, that I thought Florida state did extremely well was, was run the football. Um, just, just going back to this because it really was the first time that I thought Florida State had a you know decent game up front. Um, this was, e- in my opinion, it was easily the best showing the offensive line had. Talked to when we talked to Coach Taggart today during his press conference, um, he said that he believes that was the you know best showing they've had all season. I believe that as well. They were getting a push up front once they switched from Jawan Williams to Brady Scott. Um, you know, it's. Uh, the The offensive line got significantly better. They were able to run the football better. And it was, um, you know, it, it, they were just able to get a push up front against a, a good Boston College defense that's, you know, that stopped the run well this season. So, you know, it, it was a very impressive performance. Florida State, um, you know, Florida State was able to get a push up front. The offensive line, you know, pass blocked fairly well. I mean, they only gave up two sacks in the game to a very good um, Boston College defensive line one of the uh, one of the sacks I be- actually I believe I know one of the sacks I believe both of the sacks were on Jawan Williams before he was pulled uh, Zach Allen Boston College's you know great defensive end I mean that dude's going to end up going in the first round of the NFL draft but um, he you know beat uh, Jawan Williams like a drum and then Jawan had a false start and then he didn't play anymore so uh, it was uh, it was a rough showing from Juwan, but outside of that, once Brady Scott came in, the offensive line played extremely well. They opened up some holes, and Cam Akers was running hard. I'll get into him in uh, in uh, the second segment, but you know he, he was. They were running hard. They were getting a push up front, and it was you know it was the first time, to- really the first time that we've seen it happen this year. And that's because Florida State's been down a lot, especially over the last three games. Florida State's you know really outside of Clemson. Florida State's running game against NC State and Notre Dame was getting better. Like, you could see it getting better. They just didn't have the opportunities to run the football. I mean, Acres, before Florida State went down by, like, you know, whatever it was, like, 19 against NC State, um, was, was running the football well. And then when they, you know, when NC State forced Florida State to go to the pass, or uh, to, to pass the ball because they were down by so much, the running game kind of went away and, you know, it just kind of devolved from there. But he was running hard and running well at the beginning of that game. Then against Notre Dame, you know, they, he really picked it up. It was, you know, one of his best performances. He, you know, he only had a few carries in that game, but he ran for, I believe, 58 yards and two touchdowns. You could see it coming along. And then finally, uh, the you know, the, the offense finally... You know, was able to get him over 100 yards. He finished with 110 yards. But it, you know, Florida State was able to get push up front. They, you know, they had a lot of success when it came to that. So, you know, that that was extremely surprising. I did not expect Florida State to be able to get the running game going this year. Um, you know, especially not in this game against a very physical Boston College defensive line. So that's a it's a really good sign going forward that Florida State was able to get that going and was able to make the most of that. And then last year, you know, AJ Dillon ran for 150 yards and just physically abused the Florida State defense. This year, you know, Florida State's uh, Florida State's defense answered the call. They were flying to the football, and you know, most of the time they had a they had a bunch of guys, you know, gang tackling. I mean, there, there was hardly an instance where, you know, where a player was uh, was making a solo tackle on AJ Dillon. They were flying to the football, and that played a huge role in that. Um, you know, and then you also had guys going out there and just laying it, laying it all on the line. You look at, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., 178 pounds, soaking wet with maybe a 10 pound weight added to him. Uh, I'm not convinced he's 178 pounds, but he's listed as 178 pounds. AJ Dillon is listed as two uh, at 245 and Asante, you know, was willing to go head to head and, uh, and took him down in the backfield for a tackle for loss. It was an extremely impressive play by Asante, who looked like, you know, just a heat-seeking missile out there. Made um, made contact with the lower body and took uh, Dylan off his feet. So, it was an extremely impressive play. You know, Florida State defense answered the call and uh, and shut him down, really. He, he did have two touchdowns, but... He ended up only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. So it was a really good showing from the Florida State defense as far as stopping the run. I was, uh, I was extremely impressed. It wasn't something I was expecting. In the second segment, we'll be back uh, talking about you know the players that I thought played well in the game and the three players that I thought struggled in the game. I'll be, uh, we'll have that in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we'll look, uh, we'll look a little bit ahead. I did a story breaking down the bowl games that Florida State could go to if they uh, if they beat Florida. We'll talk a little bit about you know that situation. We'll talk a little bit about Florida and what Willie Taggart had to say. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. We'll get into the second segment in just a moment. Are you sick and tired of paying for twenty channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football. $30 $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 network, the SEC network, and many, many more channels. But there's no useless channels. There's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. It's, you know It's just the easiest way to watch college football. So if you're in, get their seven-day free trial of Sling TV by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G. Dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Check out Sling TV. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me. We're going to discuss uh, some of the players that had success against Boston College and and some of the players that, uh, that didn't have, uh, have a lot of success Against Boston College, um, they're going to go back and forth. Number one, the player that you know really stood out to me more than anyone else in this game because I wasn't expecting it was Cam Acres. Uh, you know, got to start with him. He absolutely played a great game. He ran hard. He he had the best run of of his season on the 55-yard run. He made guys miss. He bolted through tackles. He showed incredible balance staying on his feet and ran for 55 yards. It set up a field goal that um that put Florida State uh, they cut the Florida State's deficit to 5 rather than 8, and then Florida State was able to score uh, within the final 2 minutes to take the lead. Um but yeah, I mean, he had a he had 110 yards. It's the first time he broke 100 yards all season long. It's the first time any Florida State's running backs broke 100 yards all season long. He did it on 14 carries. He averaged almost eight yards a carry. It was a really, I mean, it was a breakout performance from him. He'd been trending that way, like I mentioned in the first segment. He uh, he had been trending that way, and it was just uh, it was nice to see him him break out of that funk and get something. Uh, Get something going and get something good and break that hundred yard barrier. Florida State's really going to need him to uh, to run well against Florida this uh, this upcoming Saturday. Going to switch to a guy that uh, I didn't think played well, and that's obviously another guy that I uh, that I mentioned in the first segment. That was Jawan Williams. Florida State started him again for the second straight game um, at right tackle over Brady Scott, and I didn't understand why. I didn't understand it why he continued to get the start or why he got the start against Boston College after the way he played against Notre Dame. Then he played against uh, Boston College and looked just as bad. And They finally replaced him and the offensive line got significantly better. Um, Williams is just, really, he's just not a good football player right now. I mean, it's if if he's ever going to become a good football player, it's not going to be anytime soon. Greg Fry is going to have have his work cut out for him with, uh, with Juwan. And you know he really shouldn't—he shouldn't see the starting lineup or playing time again for the rest of the season, or maybe even next season. I mean, he, he needs a lot of work before he's going to be a passable offensive lineman. Um, next guy that I thought played extremely well was <clears throat> Tamarian Terry. Terry was targeted nine times. Some of those were, you know. <sighs> Were throws that DeAndre was just throwing it up and out of bounds. I mean, he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't really targeted all that much. You know, he, he he didn't have any drops. He you know I thought he he played well for the most part. He played well without the ball. He had a couple tackles. You know, he played well on special teams. And then um, he had obviously he had three receptions for 112 yards in the game-winning touchdown. You know, whenever he gets one-on-one, anytime he gets one-on-one, Florida State should be throwing it up to him. He has you know he has eight touchdowns on the year he's one away from tying the uh, the freshman record that greg Carr set for a uh, you know for for a freshman receiver at Florida State with nine he already has with uh, 666 yards he already has the freshman uh receiving record so he's he's had a uh, breakout season and if he's a one-on-one cover i don't believe there's anyone in college football that uh, that can cover him he's a truly special talent. He's uh, he he's a guy that's I mean that's really just if if he's if he's open or if he's one, one one on one coverage he's open you know there's he can he can out jump anybody he's got great hands strong hands he is just a physical freak that can get the job done so I thought he played uh, I thought he played very very well a guy that I thought played uh, played. Poorly in the game for the most part, he did end up with three hundred and twenty-two passing yards, is DeAndre Francois. Um once again, he threw for under fifty percent or fifty percent or less against a, a ranked opponent. It's that was Florida State's um fourth game against a ranked opponent or team you know, player or a team that was uh that was ranked at the time, and he uh he's thrown for under fifty percent or 50% or less. He threw for 50% completion rating against Syracuse, but 50% or less against uh, against ranked teams. It's been rather uh, rather disappointing for him. It's been, uh, it, it just wasn't a great game. I mean, he threw two picks through, I mean, he threw a couple uh, really badly under threw him, uh, overthrew a lot of guys. I mean, it was just a, not a great game, especially in the first half. He played better in the second but really it just wasn't a um it wasn't a great showing from him as far as that goes. Uh, he did make a phenomenal throw to Naquan Murray on a uh on a deep post route over the middle. Just a phenomenal throw, phenomenal catch by Nyquan. and then he had the perfect throw to Terry on the seventy four yard touchdown. Um you know, so he, he did make a couple of really big-time throws, some really, really nice throws, but overall his performance wasn't great, and I didn't think he played uh, particularly well. The final player that I'm going to single out that I thought played extremely well, and there's a lot of guys that I'm that I'm not mentioning, like Dontavious Jackson and Brian Burns and Stanford Samuels, guys that really, really had great games. But the final guy that I want to mention is Keyshawn Helm. Little old three-star, five 5'10", 160 pounds, Keyshawn Helton, that had no Power 5 offers uh, except for Florida State, came out, had six receptions for 73 yards. I mean, he played his tail off in the first half. He had a couple of receptions where he just took major shots, and I mean major shots, but kept on running. Like he took, a, you know, he just bounced off a couple of them, uh, didn't go down and got an extra five ten yards on each play it was really impressive from him I was really uh you know he's a guy that belongs you know he's a guy that has a chip on his shoulder he's a guy that clearly belongs at this level and it's a great piece of scouting by Florida State and Willie Taggart and David Kelly to go out and that they found this kid believed in their ability to scout and went and got him because he clearly belongs at this level um he's a guy that's that you know that loves to, loves Florida State, loves playing the game, and he clearly belongs. So you know, shout out to him for for working his tail off and uh, and and just <clears throat> playing playing extremely well. You know, he's a true freshman. I'm really excited to see what uh, what he has left. Um, the final guy that I I think uh, didn't play particularly well was Trey McKitty. Uh, McKitty's kind of fallen off the face of the cliff a little, you know, this season. Um, he had a uh, he had a chance for a touchdown. I couldn't tell. Somebody said it was pass interference that he his arm was grabbed. I couldn't tell from the box, and they didn't. And, um you know, I, did, I didn't see a replay on it, so I couldn't tell if he um, if he had a chance to catch that or if it was just a drop. I I, I don't know. Um, but you know, other I mean, he, he just he didn't he didn't play well other than that as well. Uh, he didn't he didn't run uh, exceptional routes. He had a. He had a drop, another drop, I believe, and then just uh, his blocking wasn't, uh, hasn't been that great over the past few weeks. I'd like to see, you know, I, I was really high on him at the beginning of the year. I'm still high on him now, but I want to see him take the next step, not you know, and not uh, sit back and be what he has been the past couple weeks. I want to see him take that step forward. So, I'm uh, looking, uh, looking for more from Trey McKitty, uh coming forward, maybe even against Florida, but. That's going to do it for the second segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. We'll be back in the third segment talking about uh, talking about a bowl game and um, and what uh, what Willie Taggart said today during his weekly press conference. But before we get into that, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's Locked On Seminoles podcast. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, about the bowl game if Florida State beats Florida this upcoming weekend then uh, Florida State will go to its 37 straight bowl game. And we have no idea which bowl game they're going going to go to. The only bowl game that's out of the question is the college football playoff. Other than that, I mean, and, and any New Year's Six Bowl games, as far as the ACC tie-ins go, anything is still on the table because the a- ACC has been a giant bowl of terribleness this year. <laughs> There's only one team outside of Clemson. Clemson's 11-0. Syracuse is 8-3. and three. Everyone else has seven wins, uh, is between seven wins and four wins, except for Louisville and North Carolina, which have been eliminated. The only team with four wins is Virginia Tech, who could still get to bowl eligibility. Um, Wake Forest has five wins. Florida State has five wins. Virginia Tech has four wins. All three could still get to bowl eligibility this weekend. The ACC could have 12 teams go bowling, and you know 10 of them would have could could end up with uh seven wins or six wins it like gets that's that's how you know I don't want to say even but that's how jumbled up the ACC has been this year so you know Florida State could still end up in the Camping World Bowl which is the third um the third highest bowl for um You know, for for the ACC, or they could end up in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa on December twentieth, which is the lowest bowl that the ACC has outside of the Birmingham Bowl, which they're not, you know, which is a secondary bowl. So, you know, it's uh, (laughs) this this weekend's gonna sort out a lot of things in college football, especially in the ACC, and we'll have to we'll have to wait for that to happen. But uh, Florida State, in order to do that and get to that bowl game, will have to beat Florida this weekend at home. You know, uh. Depending on where you look, Florida State opened as a three-point dog. That's already risen up. Uh, last I saw, it was five. I've seen it somewhere. You know, mentioned as six. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which. Um, you know what what the number is right now, but Florida State is an, is a home dog to Florida. Florida State's won five straight. There's a lot on the line in this game, and you know Willie Taggart and the, and the players know that. They're they're ready to go. Um, you know, I think they found a little bit. I think they found a little bit of themselves in that Boston College game. They out physical Boston College, and I think they found something in that game. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see if that translates over to Florida. But, you know, last year after after Florida State got beat 35-3, to they quit against Boston College. And this year they came out and they wanted to make a statement, and I believe they did. You know, they, they physically just produced against uh, – Against the Boston College offensive line and AJ Dillon, I talked about that a little you know a little while ago. But it was it was so important for me to see that defense gang tackling, getting up into lanes, fighting, and you know they hadn't fought the past two weeks, especially when it came to the run game. They hadn't fought. They hadn't fought since the Wake Forest game. I mean, against Clemson, I'm sorry, against since the first quarter against Clemson, they fought, but after that, they just you know kind of they, they didn't, and it was really good to see them. Come back out and fight and and, and lock in, and um, you know and gang tackle and fly to the football. I mean, everybody was flying to the football. It was um, you know it, it was a really impressive showing from the Florida State defense, and I think that's something that they're going to be able to uh, to carry forward. And uh, you know, I mean, Willie Taggart and the players know they they talked about it the entire uh, you know after the game when they weren't talking about the win they were talking about Florida and the rivalry and just uh you know it, they they know what this game means um you know Tyger said today that you know they want every you know every game is a game that they want to win but you know this is an important game just because of what it means to the Florida State fan base, you know, it, it's the final game for a bunch of seniors. It's a, it's a final game. It could be the final game of the season if they don't win. So, you know, it's it's important for a lot of different reasons, and they understand that. But they also know that this is a game that that means that means more than just a regular game. This is a game that that means more to the fan base. This is a game that you know for anybody who is alive in the '60s and, and '70s. You know, there there's a passionate hatred for the University of Florida if they're a Florida State fan. I mean, there's a passionate hatred. You know, after watching, you know, the never FSU Never stickers in nineteen seventy three, you know, Florida's still throwing the ball throwing the ball deep <laughs> um in the final closing minutes of that forty nine to nothing loss. Um, you know, th- this is a game that means something. You know, Florida State that the players want to go six and0 this is you know this senior class, the red shirt senior class doesn't want to be the ones to break that streak. Nobody wants to be the one to break the pole streak. This game means so much to this Florida State program and uh, you know the players know that and they know they know what's at stake this week so we'll have to see if uh, you know how that carries over and how that and how uh, and how the players do this week but this uh, this game means a lot and the players know it. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, make sure to share, like, favorite, whatever you have to do on your favorite uh, podcast website to let you know when the next episode comes out. And make sure to tell your friends about it. If they're Florida State fans and you think they'd enjoy it, let them know. I do appreciate all the support. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm Wayne McGahee. Have a wonderful day.